Alleluia! Christ is risen. Please be seated. On Friday, just two days ago, during the three hours liturgy, I preached about how we all have blood on our hands, like Pilate. But ours is the blood of people who die unnecessarily every day while we look the other way, while we pretend that we are not powerful enough to do anything about it. Just as Pilate washed his hands, trying to erase his own complicity in Jesus' condemnation, we can try to wash our own hands of our own responsibility for all of the least, the lost, the lonely that have been entrusted to our care by a God who created each of us. We can try. We can try. But we will never be able to wash our own hands clean, clean of that responsibility or clean of the blood that has been spilled while we feigned ignorance. Right about now, you are wondering if I received the memo that went out declaring today to be Easter. (laughs) Don't worry. Trust me. I'm getting there. No. We can't wash our own hands clean. We can't wash our own hands clean because that job has already been done. We have been forgiven. Death has been conquered. Proof that we are beloved children of a loving God has been presented to us once for all. Jesus has been raised from the dead. No sin in the world, even the sins of willful ignorance, nonchalant complicity, bored apathy to all the evil that pervades our world, even those, even those cannot stand in the way of this forgiveness. I also mentioned on Friday the Presbyterian statement of faith that includes the words, We deserve God's condemnation. It's true. We do deserve it. But for reasons inexplicable and unfathomable, we do not have it. Instead, we have abiding, unwavering, incomparable, unconditional love. Unconditional love. There's nothing else in the universe that even comes close to the unconditional love of God for us. Nothing. And there is nothing we can do to lose that love, though Lord knows we have tried. There's a catch. Of course there's a catch. There's always a catch. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are free. But we're still responsible. In fact, we may be even more responsible than those who do not know or do not believe in that unconditional love. Those who do not proclaim the resurrection. Those who do not sing alleluias this morn. Our hands are washed clean of guilt and complicity, washed clean of blood when we are marked as Christ's own forever at our baptism. But we are not relieved of our responsibility. In fact, 
we are given the mantle of even more responsibility as we are welcomed into the body. We promise, with God's help, to resist evil, to proclaim good news, to strive for justice and peace, to respect dignity of every beloved child of God. These are not light promises. They're promises made at our baptism and promises we renew at every baptism since. These are promises made to God. They are a covenant. They mean it is up to us. It is up to us, with God's help, to work to free the rest of the world from the reign of evil. It is up to us to feed and clothe and comfort and nurture. It is up to us to give of ourselves over and over and over and give from a posture of gratitude. Gratitude for that which we never earned and that which we will never deserve. It is up to us. And that is more than a little terrifying. The world can be a frightening, cruel, and nasty place. I, for one, have been known to stick my head in the sand just to survive to the end of the day. Being a Christian is a huge responsibility. It's not just a social club, my friends. It is a faith rooted in love of neighbor and everything that goes along with that love. And sometimes your neighbor is someone you've never met. Sometimes it is someone with whom you fundamentally disagree. Sometimes it is someone who could hurt you. And we are mandated by that same God who loves us to pull our heads out of the sand and love them. Our resurrection gospel this holy morning mentions the word fear and afraid four times in just a few sentences. This was terrifying stuff, angels and no longer dead messiahs. If God could do this, if Jesus really could come back, then God's power is limitless. Even death was no longer to be feared. Do not be afraid is the refrain from the angel and from the Savior. Do not be afraid is the refrain from heaven. The fact of the resurrection is that there are no excuses, not even fear, no excuses, not one. There should be nothing standing in the way of our getting our hands dirty, but not with blood this time, but with the work of banishing evil. I think our excuse for not getting work done often is that we are afraid. Afraid of what might happen. Afraid of how it will turn out. Afraid of failure. What if evil really does win this time? What if? What if? And then there is that angel sitting on a rock saying, Do not be afraid. And then there is Jesus standing before us saying, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, my friends. You are made in the image of a God who created the world and everything in it. 
You are made in the image of God who came down from heaven to experience the world as you do. You are made in the image of God who destroyed death. Made in that image, can you be anything other than powerful against the evil that would like to corrupt and destroy this world? And made for such love, can you be anything other than responsible for using that power to the best of your ability? No, you can't. You can't be anything more than perfect in the eyes of God. So, Christ is risen. The trumpet has sounded. The lilies are out. We have shouted our alleluias, breaking the silence of the rising sun. Soon we will commune together, you and me and all of us, and then we will go out into the world from this place. What will you do after that? You have choices. You can continue on as you have been, quietly forgiven, quietly beloved. Or you can go out into the world proclaiming those alleluias in your words and in your actions. You can respond to your belovedness, your forgivenness, by shedding your fear and grabbing hold of your power to respond to the gospel. Live your baptismal covenant out loud. Live those alleluias. Amen. Thank you.